0: This is realestateinvestingmastery.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. So glad you're here. And um, it's been a little while, I think, since Alex and I have gotten together and recorded some of these episodes. How you doing Alex?
1: Doing good, man. You have to excuse my voice. We had a little uh, something run through the family, so I'm just getting over that. But other than that, I'm doing well. Deals closing, deals under contract. Uh, a little overwhelmed actually. <laughs> a lot of good stuff going on.
0: Well, last time I talked to you a few days ago, um, you are posting some pretty impressive numbers. Uh, talk. You got a deal going on right now What's going on? Yeah,
1: here? yeah, trying to well, it's a rehab um that we're uh closing on. We uh bought it for 95, we put about 40 into it and selling it for 215 and it's closing today. So, um I may have to uh run to the closing office. Unfortunately, now when you're doing a rehab you have to go and close it's not like a wholesale where you can't you know where you're, where you're able to not go to the closing office but uh, in this situation they need my signature so um it's looking it's looking good though so it'll be a, a nice profit and then after that one closes on May, in the first 10 days of March there's another three rehabs closing. Um, And then in April, I have another one or two closing. So, And that's on the sell side. And then on the buy side, I've got – oh, let's see here. I I even went and got a spreadsheet to show what I have (laughs) going on and all this good stuff. (laughs) But we we also just bought to rehab one, two, three, four, and maybe another two more um, are on the plate. Just got under contract the other day. So – Things are going really, really well right now, um, shaping up to be a great year. Well,
0: explain, you know, you're doing these rehabs because, I mean, you're getting some sweet deals. Yeah. It's just like you're selling yourself, well, look, you know, why do I want to give this away to somebody else? I don't have to get the cash right now. Right. Why not fix it up and make more money? Is that right?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's like, uh, I mean, the whole thing with wholesaling and, and what we preach is uh, that the Fast Cash Survival Kit, right? So you need money right now, you wholesale a house, you get the money and you're good. But if you're in a situation where you don't need to do that uh, and and if you have the ability to manage and control a rehab efficiently, you can take a $5,000 profit and turn it into a $30,000 profit. Now, I don't know where else you're going to get a return on your money like that, you know? Uh, so it, it's like taking five thousand dollars, putting it in the ground, so to speak, and then three months later or two months later, it becomes thirty thousand. <laughs> where else are you going to get money like that? You you can't do it. And then there's one where um, there's one that I got, and it's kind of a little new of a niche that I'm targeting here is taking a little small house, putting a whole bunch of money into it, and turning it into a monster house. So like I'm buying this one for forty-seven. And we're going to probably put fifty into it, and double the size of the house. Um, and so I'll be in it probably about a hundred, roughly, um, and then we'll be able to sell it for one eighty. So after commissions and stuff, it'll be like a sixty-five thousand dollars profit. So you're <laughs> you not
0: know? you're not swinging any hammers or
1: driving out to the no, properties and managing the contractors. Not. Absolutely not. <laughs> so how do- could that?
0: You got a pretty unique relationship with a realtor. Talk about that for a
2: second.
1: Absolutely. Um, the way I have it set up with the realtor is I give him a 20% cut of the deal, and he manages the whole thing for me. So basically, um, he can list it and get 3% commission, but then that inc- um, he's still going to get 20% part of the deal, but that commission is included as part of his profit. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. So it works out for me because I don't have to be out there running around doing all the crazy things. And and it works out for him because he gets his listing commission plus, you know, a a portion uh, of the deal as well. So win-win situation and it enables me to continue to find good deals and put them out there and get them put into the hopper and – Makes everybody happy. So,
0: well, finding good deals is what it's all about, and, and that's, it what gonna be, that's what we're going to be. That's what we're going to be talking about in this uh, podcast interview today with Kathy. Um, but I just got a quick story to tell you, real quick. Um, we got a property under contract about a week ago. Uh, it was a, it's in a really rough area. It's one of those areas where, you know, the house has got to be in really good shape to even wholesale it to an investor for ten grand, and it's just it's just it's it's a rough area you don't you don't want to put out bandit signs on a Friday night you want to wait if you're putting out bandit signs to sell the house you want to put out the bandit signs a Saturday morning about 6 a.m. so anyway we got it under contract for six grand and we put it out on Craigslist and got an offer the next day for 9500 and this guy sent us an email said hey I'm interested and uh, we said okay we'll send us a proof of funds and he said well what's that <laughs> and, uh, we said, well, uh, just send us. We want some kind of proof that you have $9,500 in cash, you know? And he said, okay. Well, he actually took a picture. He got $9,500 into $100 bills and spread them out over his coffee table and sent us a picture <laughs> of $9,500 in cash on his coffee table.
1: I thought I saw something like that in my Facebook group yeah, somewhere. Somebody- to that.
0: I, I posted it uh, on your Facebook group, Wholesaling Houses Full Time.
1: Here's proof of funds, Bablammy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it turns out, though, the guy actually did go look at the house and um, he said he was interested. he was We wanted to buy it, but we haven't heard back from him and it's been a couple of days. Oh, so, you
1: better follow up with that dude.
0: Well, yeah, we have been. He's just not returning our calls. So he's probably uh, a dead oh. lead, but we've been putting bandit signs out there and I've um, been getting a bunch of calls from the bandit signs, and we're getting ready to um, send out some yellow letters. And in fact, we're going to send out the yellow letters that uh, Pete Skoris, um used in that one episode we had with him. Do you remember? Yeah, uh, the
1: crumpled up letters.
0: Yes, the crumpled up yellow letters basically is sending it out to people who have bought properties with cash in the past saying, Hey, I, desper- help me. <laughs> yeah, I desperately need to sell this house, and it's a really, really good um yellow letter and I'm not going to give that letter away because I want to drive people back to our website to listen to that previous episode um, but just take a look at um, I think it's maybe episode 19 it's an interview with Pete scores and uh, he's from Florida one of the guys who developed freedom soft and um in there he gives a sample yellow letter that he uses to get cash buyers um, onto his list and so we're gonna actually use that and I'm sure Kathy our guest has some things to say about that as well. too. I'm so excited about this interview we have today with Kathy. But first, we have to mention, go to our website, realestateinvestingmastery.com and get our Fast Cash Survival Kit. It's absolutely 100% free. No strings attached. Go ahead and uh, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com and watch some videos that Alex and I created on how we wholesale properties, how we run our business, how we do our marketing, how we find our VAs to do most of the work for us. And um, why we love doing what we do. I mean, we really don't hold much back in those free videos. So go to realestateinvestingmastery.com. Check out those uh, free fast cash survival kit bonus. And I also want to read real quickly three reviews we've gotten on iTunes. Uh, We really appreciate the reviews. And um, the first one is from uh, Will Velasquez. He says, here, I've been following Joe McCall for almost two years now. And we interviewed him just recently. And um it's a really good oh I just lost I just lost the oh good here they are. Here they are. <laughs> I just my my iTunes crashed. Actually all right, here we go. Um we just uh it released an interview with Will and he left us a real nice review on iTunes. He says, I've been following Joe for almost two years now. Anyone who can keep my attention for that long is obviously creating immense value. He's down-to-earth, transparent, and genuinely interested in making a difference for the people he reaches. Keep up the good work, Joe, and thanks. Another review here from BBSSRVCURGH. I think whoever left this review just hit a bunch of keys um, as to, to come up with some kind of name. Actually, it's Jenna. They sign it Jenna. Hey, she says, wow, I cannot speak highly enough about this podcast. It's all I listen to. Joe and Alex are great down-to-earth guys, helping others get started in the real estate business. No need to leak look any further. This is all you need. Thank you both for providing this awesome service. Thank you, Jenna. And then one Thank more. Thank you, from- Jenna. That's great. <laughs> That's real nice. One more from Glenn. Four two nine. Joe and Alex do an excellent job with this podcast. The questions they ask are spot on and exactly what I would ask if I had the opportunity to interview these people. Keep up the great work. Sure, appreciate that, Glenn, and all of you we guys. We will try. That are leaving us reviews, um, we appreciate that. And the check's in the mail. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But uh, hey, okay, let's get on to this. Uh, Kathy Kennebrook is our guest today, and um, she is from Tampa, Florida. She's been around for a long time and a very successful investor. We um, put out a post on the Facebook uh, page, uh, Wholesaling Houses Full-Time, the site that Alex runs. Very good site. Go check it out, Wholesaling Houses Full-Time. And uh, we put out a post and, hey, we need to interview more women for the podcast. And um, Kathy got about, I don't know, six or something uh, different recommendations from different people and um, along with a couple others. And so we sent Kathy a private message and she res- was gracious enough to respond and allow us to interview her for this podcast. But um, Kathy is a lady who is is actively doing deals today in her market in Florida And uh, there are probably not too many other people out there who understand marketing as well as she does. And we've said it over and over again you're not in the real estate business, you're in the marketing business. And it's all about getting leads. And if you know how to get leads um, and if you know how to convert those leads into um, contracts, then you're going to be doing just fine. So, Kathy, how are you? Are you still there?
1: Did we lose you? Did we lose Miss Kathy? Huh?
3: Nope, I am here. Oh, good. Oh, good. there she is. I was
0: worried you got. A, I was worried you got annoyed with us going back. No, and forth.
3: I, I muted myself out for a minute. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> good, good. Well, welcome. How are you?
3: I'm wonderful. How
0: are you? Real good, real good. We Alex and I kind of get long winded when we talk about what's going on and and get excited about this business, and I, that's why I love this podcast. Um, well, tell us a little bit about yourself, about uh, how you got started in real estate, Kathy. You're in Tampa, right? Um, I,
3: am, I am in the Tampa Bay area. We're actually just a little bit south of Tampa. Um, we deal mostly in Sarasota and Manatee County, so that's like Bradenton, Sarasota, Ellington, Palmetto, those areas. Cool. Um, and um, love it down here in sunny Florida.
2: <laughs> nice.
3: But um, yeah, I've been investing in real estate and teaching um, investing for a lot of years, and yeah. my specialty uh, right now is, is has always been direct mail. Um, and how I got into real estate investing is kind of interesting. Many, many years ago, um, yeah. when I, I was first married... And we were trying to figure out you know, wh- what to do long-term, and, and it kind of came slamming home because um, my dad retired. My dad was 65, and he retired on a Friday, you know, had the whole dinner and the gold watch and the whole nine yards, hmm. and went up to the gas station to get some gasoline for the uh, lawnmower on Saturday, had a heart attack and died. Oh, my. So we decided that who says when you have to retire? You know who says you got to wait until you're 65? And so we decided that we didn't want to do that, um, and we were in our in our 30s then. And we were looking around, we got involved in a, in a few different businesses, didn't find anything that we really liked. And one night I was up late watching one of those late night infomercials, you know, the ones on how to buy houses with no money down. And I thought, I oh,
2: wouldn't
3: it, <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't it be cool if that really worked? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was fortunate enough that the person who runs our real estate club here in, 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 in Tampa, Florida, um, was one of my customers at that point and I called him up and I said, you know, what do you think about real estate investing? Does it work? And he said, yeah, of course it does and you know come to some of our meetings and make that determination for yourself hmm. and and the rest are you there yeah yeah i'm here okay Sorry. i just put something else in there and um we've done hundreds of properties since then um first one was the rehabber from hades and we decided we, d- we didn't like that real well because that was just trading one job for another yeah <laughs> and yeah. um and then shortly on, we discovered using direct mail campaigns to, 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 you know, find these really highly qualified sellers, and we started just doing better and better deals. And the more we started honing those direct mail campaigns, the more and better deals we started to do. And we've done, in the last um, 13, 14 years, we've done hundreds of deals. Um, we take anything that comes at us. Folks, you know, don't lock yourself into any one niche. Best piece of advice I could give you. That's good. Um, is don't lock yourself into any one niche, because if you do, you're going to leave money sitting on the table because you don't know how to do that deal. And so we take pretty much anything that comes, comes at us. We, we buy them, you know, like you were saying, we wholesale. Um, we buy and keep because we have a lot of rentals. Um, I'm kind of middle-aged now, so I'm looking more toward like a retirement portfolio. So we buy and keep. We buy in retail. Um, we do single-family homes, duplexes, triplexes, quads small apartments. We do Wobbly Boxes, which are mobile homes down here in Florida.
0: Wobbly Boxes. Wobbly Boxes, yeah. <laughs> I
3: love it. Um, we do Vacant Land, and Vacant Land is a whole seminar by itself, but um, that's pretty another amazing way to do real estate investing. In fact, I've I have made
1: some big money from Vacant Land wholesale. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> I have a piece of Vacant Land in North Florida that um, a gentleman leased from us Um, to build a worm farm, and I've learned more about worms in the last three years than I ever dreamed I would, but um, it's very lucrative, and it's wonderful, so there's a lot of really great ways to make money in real estate if you have a really great seller and you create a really great deal, So, and that's what we do. So
0: you've been full-time in real estate for 13, 14 years, is that right?
3: Correct, yep.
0: So you've seen a couple different ups and downs in the market, a couple different recessions, Right? Yes,
3: we have. Yes, absolutely.
0: How how does this current recession compare to what we saw in the, was it the 90s, um, the last one, or early this 2000?
3: One, this one has been a lot more interesting, I think. And the, the deals in this particular economy right now have been the most amazing deals we've ever done. Yeah. And anyone that I've spoken to who's a serious investor who really gets it, is saying the same thing. This is the best market ever. It's like a supermarket out there.
2: <laughs> oh, it serious. is.
3: There are just so many amazing, amazing deals. And one of the things that I really hone in on, on in my business is the fact that, like I said, I don't lock yourself into any one niche. And a lot of investors did. They locked themselves into dealing only with pre foreclosures and short sales. And all those other poor sellers out there got left behind, hmm. kind of, you know? And so all these great deals have been just like laying out there. And I have continued right through the cycle to to mail and mail and mail and mail and mail and mail my direct mail campaigns and we have just continued to chug out deals and fill our funnel with cash and with deals and with sales of property while we were waiting for the other stuff to close because i do i do you know um um the short sales and, and i do the foreclosures i do that too but I don't lock myself into that niche. I just I, we do a variety of kinds of deals to fill our tunnel, our, our funnel with deals all the time.
0: I'm going to ask you a question. I know the answer to, but I know what you're going to say. But I think it's so important what you just said. Uh, you keep your pipeline full with leads. Why do you do that? And you know why is it so important to keep that that marketing going, even when you got a bunch of deals you're working on?
3: Because it's like a faucet. And actually, this was described to me by another um, another teacher that I work with a lot, and I love the the anecdote because it's just perfect, Um, or the analogy. I'm sorry, the analogy because it's just perfect. It's like a faucet. You can. Turn it way up and get deals gushing in or turn it back to a trickle, but you can't stop your marketing. If you start stop your marketing, then your your business starts to like roller coaster, like you have no deals and you have a lot of deals, and then you've got no deals and a lot of deals. And you want to keep deals coming in on a really regular basis. Even if you're working on stuff right now, you still want to have new deals coming in so that you're always continuing to have that funnel, you know, of cash and deals. Coming in on a constant basis; otherwise, you'll kill your business in
0: a heartbeat. Well, I I know you're absolutely right. That was my problem when I first got started. Um, you know, I, you you do a bunch of seller marketing, you get a bunch of leads yeah. come in, you get overwhelmed, and you stop your marketing because yep. now you have to start um, re uh, you have to start uh, advertising the homes and doing whatever you need to do, and then you sell the homes and you breathe a big sigh of relief and you wipe the sweat off your brow and you think. Oh okay. Uh that's great. Now, now what am I going to do? And you look around, you have no leads coming and it's just not like you can snap your fingers and start getting leads, but you've got to, I realized real early on that you've got to get that marketing done and right. if you can't do it, get somebody else to do it for you because if you are, if you rely on yourself like I tried to do it, it just would not get done. Is that your Exactly. Experience?
3: And I totally um I totally agree with you. You've got to get as much of this minutia stuff out of your own hands so that you can get the deals done and, and get cash coming in. The other thing that's really interesting about using direct mail campaigns to bring in quality of Leads as opposed to anything else that I've done is the fact that if you do your direct mail on a consistent basis and you're remailing to the same sellers over and over again, what happens is not only are you bringing in deals right now and today, but you're constantly sowing seeds for future deals because these sellers will hold on to your mailings until their situation changes. And then they're going to contact you first, even if they've been contacted by somebody else in the interim, because you You've continued to gently touch them with that message on an ongoing basis. And I could show you. Honest to God, Joe, I could show you deal after deal after deal after deal where that's happened. Um, The one that I'm closing on tomorrow that I was telling you about earlier, we've been dealing with this seller for over eight months. And one of the things that happens in my business a lot, I deal with out-of-state sellers. I deal with estates. I deal with a lot of that kind of stuff. And a lot of these folks have heartstrings attached to these properties. And they know they need to sell, but they just can't bring themselves to do it right now. And so they have to give themselves kind of the time to to get through that process. And when they're ready, they'll just call you, and, and you'd be amazed. The seller that I'm closing on tomorrow, um, he's actually in the military, inherited the house. We've been dealing with it for eight months, and, and we have a whole – we use an autoresponder system for the follow-up, so we're, our hands are off of that too. And we just gently followed up with the seller consistently and, and – as he's been thinking about selling the home to us, he's been doing more repairs to it, too. So we bought this house now for the same offer that I made seven months ago. Wow. But in the interim, he's done all kinds of repairs for me, which I'm loving. Um, I mean, put a brand new roof on the house, updated the electrical system, um, fixed the plumbing problem they were having. I mean, these were expenses that I was going to have it. Now I don't. Nice. And this is something that happens on a really consistent basis, and and it's really hard to explain that to someone unless and until they start implementing these direct mail campaigns and start seeing that happen, you know? Follow-up
1: is key. It really is. is.
3: It absolutely is. If I could have all of the deals that all the investors I know through in the trash can, Hmm. you know, I, I would make four times the money I have coming in now, because when a seller, and, you know, and, and this is something you want to think about, when a seller says to you, no, not right now, are you kidding? I can't take that offer. All they're saying is, no, not today, but you continue to follow up with me until I change my mind.
2: yeah
3: And, and seriously, that's the way it is. And, and we've just made some incredible deals um, using the direct mail campaigns just constantly and making sure that we follow up with these semi-motivated sellers.
0: Uh, Kathy, how do you do your follow up? Do you put them on a, a separate list that you send post, or you send you know mail to? You mentioned autoresponders uh, in emails. How do you do your follow up?
3: Okay, we do. We use autoresponders to the folks who who do have computers. And I know I'm about to I'm I'm just about to raise some cane here, folks. I don't care what you say, <laughs> you have to add your internet, adver- your internet marketing along with direct mail. So many people tell me direct mail is dead and they couldn't be more wrong. Oh, you're more, absolutely, yeah. more wrong, folks. Wow.
1: I like and, those people if they're in my market.
3: <laughs> yeah, because I'm serious. <laughs> because so many folks say, you know, internet marketing is where it is. It's not. It's part of a whole, but it's not the whole. And, he- and the reason is there are so many people out there really, that don't have computers or, or don't use them or aren't looking on. you know, they're looking at them, at them you know, to email their friend or, or do Skype or something like that, but they're not using them to sell their home. Um, and, and, and internet marketing has to be part of the equation, but it's not the whole equation. And I reach people all the time using direct mail who will tell me, um, you know, these, these are older folks and, and so forth, and they'll tell me, please don't call me follow up with with a letter and so we integrate both the autoresponder system and postcards for the just for the follow-up for my direct mail campaigns i'm sending a letter and i'm sending a letter that has a response mechanism in the letter tells the seller exactly what i need from them in order to determine whether or not there's a deal there to be made so ninety percent of my sellers contact me by mail Email and by fax, and I usually have all the information I need right there from my response mechanism to tell me whether or not there's a deal there to be made. So I'm not wasting my time, and I'm not wasting that seller's time either. And what it's are,
0: Kathy, what are some of your response mechanisms? What do you mean by that? Are you giving out a phone number, a website, a fax number on your postcards or letters?
3: I do all of that. They they can contact me by mail, by email, by fax, by phone or by website. But what I mean by a response mechanism is an area of my letter which asks them the specific information that I want from them in order to determine whether or not there's a deal there. So when they email me back, they'll email me and and they'll start answering my questions one by one. Okay, so you wanted to know that. Oh, Okay, so you wanted to know and they'll answer all of my questions. And my questions are geared in such a way that I can determine how motivated that seller really is. Nice. And we've done that for years, and it works, folks. It just works.
0: So you're not just giving them a phone number, driving them to a pre-recorded nope. message?
3: Nope, absolutely not. I, I want the information from them right then and there to determine whether or not I'm making a deal or not. I'm not wasting my time. I'm not wasting their time.
0: Good, very good. And so, again, it's
3: amazing stuff. It just it works.
0: <laughs> and so you, you're even asking them to mail you back information about their house. I've never heard of that before.
3: Oh, let let me tell you how good this works. (laughs) We actually, we ask them for all the information that we want. We even ask them for photographs of the property. If they send me everything I want, I'm doing a deal. Wow. The more information they give me, the more motivated they are, and the better deal I'm going to make. I just got one back from a seller um, about three weeks ago. Now, this one's a little extreme because it normally isn't quite this way. But he sends me a copy of his deed, which I didn't ask for. He sent me a plat map of the property, which I did not ask for. He sent me a half a dozen photographs of his property, which wow. I did ask for. He sent me a two page letter telling me all about the house and his situation and why he needed to sell and how much he wanted and hopefully how much he would actually get. And we, we bought that house. I mean, so the more information they give me the better deal i'm going to make and and they'll email email me the same way they'll email me all the information and then use attachments to the photographs and if they and the folks that do that are the ones you you know from your pre-screening process right there that you have a really motivated seller if they take the extra steps to give me everything i've asked for we're going to we're, we're going to do a deal i mean there's just based on what we've, you know, based on tracking, all the tracking that we've done. It's just, it's amazing. Um, that is, and we've implemented that process for, for 10 years already, and it works.
0: Now talk about, Kathy, um, the general format of your letters. You're sending, um, are they yellow letters, typewritten letters with, uh, you know, a, um, a header? Um, it's
3: a typewritten letter with a header, hand-signed, hand, hand address. All of that goes out. I don't do any of that in here. We have people that do all of that for us. Um, In the system that I actually sell that teaches folks how to implement this process, we have companies that will do all the work for them. Okay, nice. So, So we automate all of that for them. And they're always in control of what's going on in their business. They can have the companies do as many or as few letters as they need because I know that I work with a lot of folks and some are still working jobs and some are very new investors and they're scared to death of getting a deal. God forbid they should get ten.
2: Yeah. So, right.
3: so they're always in control of mailing as many or as few letters as they need and want. And so they are in control of what's going on in their business all the time. The other thing that I also do, there are specific kinds of sellers that I deal with and specific kinds of target markets that I deal with. So the person can bring in exactly the kind of deal they want in the specific area that they're looking to buy. So if they want a wholesale they're going, to, they're going to target their letters in that particular way. If they want to hold on to properties, they can target their mailings in that particular way. If they want to um, buy properties that they don't have to use any of their own money to buy, they're going to target their mailings in that way. And so that's one of the things that I've customized is an entire system that allows my students to bring in exactly the kind of deals that they need in their particular market and in their, with whatever their lifestyle is and their situation.
0: Talk about the types of lists that you like to send to. You've mentioned that a couple of times. Um, What are some of your favorite lists, Kathy?
3: Okay, some of my favorite lists... Um, I love out-of-state owners. Mm -hmm. Um, Out-of-state owners are amazing. And now that I myself own a property out-of-state as a vacation home, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) They're really hard to maintain sometimes. And, And so these will be like folks, for example, who've inherited properties. Like people will inherit properties here in Florida, but they live in Ohio or California. I mean, I bought a property six months ago from a gal who never saw the house. Wow. She inherited it from her uncle, and the letter was the letter that I got back from her was, um, I inherited this house from my uncle. I don't know why I inherited this house from my uncle. I certainly don't want the house. Please buy it.
1: Sounds like a deal to me.
3: And we did. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> and it was, and we did. Um, and it, you know, and, and that was amazing. And then I had we just bought another one that came from an out of state owner. Also, we bought this one about four months ago, and the gal's dad passed away, and when he passed away. Um, he, she inherited this house down here in Florida with a tenant in it. And she was like, I'm, and, and then she ended up, I guess he was fairly wealthy or whatever the deal was, but she had taxes that she had to pay and she didn't have any extra money to pay those taxes. We bought this house for $27,000. It's worth 85,000. It was in great shape. It just needed a roof. Tenant was already in place and that house was pushing off 500 bucks a month for me. Wow. Okay, so these are so those are just some of the kinds. So out-of-state owners, I like quit claim deeds for the same reason. That's where you're going to find a lot of these estate and probate properties.
0: So can you explain um, that real quickly? Um, okay. Quick-claim deed, why?
3: Okay, because a quit claim deed is where the property is just the, the ownership just passes from one person to another for a variety of different reasons. And quit claim deeds are really, really cool for a lot of reasons. One that's where you're going to find these estate and probate properties. Um, another for example is where you're going to find situations where an adult child needs to put mom or dad into like an assisted living facility or a nursing home and the parent can't show that home as an asset so they'll quit claim it to the adult child now the adult child has a home they neither want nor need but they have a monthly bill to a nursing home or assisted living so what that means to me is either buying that property for pennies on the dollar or they're going to own finance for me in order to have a monthly payment coming in to pay to the nursing home or assisted living facility. One of the things that you'll find that I'm all about, um, and, and I know you, you know me a little bit and, and so forth, but one of the things that I am all about is finding the deals that none of my competitors know anything mm-hmm. about yeah. and coming up with really creative ways to find those deals. Um, I, I love
1: that. That is I my specialty.
3: Too. <laughs> Me too, because that's where you're going to find these great deals, man.
1: Everybody's looking in the same spot, and and yep. a lot of a lot of the times they're looking for the oldest records possible. Meanwhile, yep. they're missing some of the best ones.
3: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Here's one of my personal favorites in the last twelve or or eighteen months. Here's my favorite. I don't know how many of your folks are working with attorneys in their business, but if they're not, they need to be. Here's what we did, and we did this 10 years ago. We just ramped it up a bit. What we did was we created a direct mail campaign that we mail out to specific kinds of attorneys that are much more likely to want to work with us, Um, estate and probate attorneys, bankruptcy attorneys, family law, that kind of thing. And we created a direct mail campaign to these attorneys, telling them who we are and how we can help their clients. Okay, and we, mail it, we only mail out like 40 or 50 at a time because other, otherwise it gets really cumbersome yeah. so we mail them out, a week later we mail it out again and then a week after that we follow up with any of those attorneys who haven't already followed up with us and the first time I did this direct mail campaign was like 8 years ago and I mailed out to 40 attorneys, created relationships with 4 of them who still bring me deals today Wow. And, where it got, and where it got even better over the last 18 months is um, these attorneys, if you're a person of integrity, and you guys know this, if you're a person of integrity and you do what you say that you're going to do, you know, and, and you're, you're real, what will happen is when these attorneys have a client come to them that needs to sell a property quickly no matter what condition it's in so that the attorney can liquidate assets, so whether it's an estate or a divorce situation or whatever that might be, they're going to call you first. Well, attorneys talk to each other, and this is where it's gotten so so cool. And, and I, got into, I got a call, literally, I got a call four months ago from a former state attorney here in Florida, and he said, how come you're not borrowing money from me? Wow. Because yeah, I don't know you. And, you know, let's have lunch, you know, kind of deal. And he got my name from one of the other attorneys that I work with on a regular basis, and I ended up getting a million-dollar credit line. Wow. okay, of private funding with this attorney. That's not the first time that's happened. That's so now awesome. i got attorneys bringing me deals. i got attorneys bringing me money to fund my deals, and here's where it gets even better. These attorneys are working with good people who are coming out of foreclosure. You know, they got into it because of an adjustable rate mortgage or medical situation or, or whatever, and now these people need to live somewhere. So my, now my attorneys are calling me with tenants for my property. So now i got deals, funding, and tenants. Coming from my attorneys, and people aren't doing this stuff. It's nice. just amazing.
0: What are some other uh, list favorite sources of lists that you like?
3: I like. Here's another one. See, I, I'm kind of talking about a little bit of the unusual here: military transfers. If you guys have people in your group that live in military areas where there are military bases this is killer. I discovered this particular direct mail campaign when my own son was stationed at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. And I still own properties in North Carolina that I haven't seen in like three or four years. And here's where it's really cool, because what happens is the military woos these men and women in, tells them they're going to be stationed somewhere for two years, three years, four years, whatever that might be. And when I start telling the story at live events, I see all these heads start to nod in the room. So they know that this happens. This is amazing. So they bring their family, they buy a home off base, they use their, their VA certificate, they buy a home off base, they pay pretty much full retail for it, and six months later they get transferred somewhere else. Yeah. Now they have a mil- now they have a mortgage that they neither want nor need and a house that they can't live in. And these transfers take place really quickly. So they're stuck. They're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And these are ideal situations for your folks to have properties deeded to them for the balance of the mortgage. Now they're going to have to give these properties time to build some equity. But here's where it becomes really great. Working with the military is wor- like working with Section 8 on steroids. The military will help you to find the person to go into your.
0: Okay, sorry, but we got had a little technical problems there, and we just paused the audio. Uh, Kathy, you, I was really, really interested what you were just talking about. Um, you get a lot of military transfer leads. We talk about that again. Just recap what we just said in case we we lost it.
3: Okay, so what I what I was talking about are military transfers, and and these are some of my very favorite leads because not only. Um, are you getting some great deals coming in, but really you're doing a public service at the same time, and that's so important yeah. in my business all the time. And what happens is the military woos these men and women in, you know, tells them they're going to be stationed somewhere for two years, three years, four years, whatever that might be. They use their VA certificate. They purchase a home off base. They get all moved in, they get all comfy, and six months later they get transferred somewhere else. And now they have a home and a mortgage that they neither want nor need, and they're stuck. Because um, they pay pretty much full, full retail for these properties, they can't afford to write a big check for realtor commissions and closing costs and things like that, so they're really stuck. So these are really good leads for your folks to pick up properties for the balance of the mortgage so they don't have to worry about where their funding is coming from. Um, And where it gets really cool is that working with the military, as I mentioned before, is like working with with Section 8 on steroids because military will help you to find the person to go into your property. The military will take the money out of their paycheck biweekly for your rent, and then they deposit it into your checking account once a month for the full amount of the rent. If the person damages your property, they have to answer to their superior officer, not you. So it's all done for you kind of thing. Um, And it's neat because one of the other things that made me really nervous about working with the military, um, and this is where I was getting to when we got cut off, um, was the military actually sets the rents. And that made me a little uncomfortable in the beginning, but here's it's kind of, it's turned out to be just fine because one of the properties that I have, for example, I have a really nice three bedroom, two bath on a half acre of land, and and you know these you know these VA and, and these interest rates are very low, and so my PITI payment is four hundred and thirty nine dollars a month, and the military set my rent on that property at eight fifty. Wow. good. <laughs> wow. I'm good. You know? So, um so so it's really it's just a really cool way to bring in some great leads and do a public service to these folks at the same time.
0: Now a lot of these leads though are don't have much equity in them because they purchased them recently. No, so how are you structuring those deals
3: i am I d I'm I'm taking them subject to the mortgage. Okay. Um so we're taking them subject to and then I keep them as rentals as long as I possibly can um, because the income on these properties is so good, and it's all babysat for you. I mean, I still, like I said earlier, I still own properties in North Carolina that I haven't seen in three years.
0: How, do you, um, um, how long is your contract with the owners typically for these homes?
3: They're a year, and they, they auto-renew. Okay. So our, my lease auto-renews. Um, and one of the things that's really cool is that the military, a lot of the time, is the military puts, like, officers in those properties. Okay. Um, and so they're, they're more of a long-term kind of a tenant. They're not like, you know, somebody that's going to get transferred somewhere. These are like officers, like higher-ranking officers, I guess that's what I mean. Right. Um, and so they're, they're longer-term tenants. And most of our tenants stay, like, two, three years because they're using these and, again, the military are the ones that are putting the folks in the properties for us.
0: Well, I, I was meaning the, the, the contracts with the sellers. How long are your contracts typically good for with the sellers?
3: Oh, I usually do f- at least five years. Okay. At least five years. And the sell- and, and, one of the, and here's another way that, we do, that we're doing a public service for these, um, for these military folks is we make all our payments on time. So all we're doing is continuing to help their credit rating as well.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's a big deal.
3: Yeah, it is. You know, so so they have this mortgage that's being paid, you know, on time constantly. Um, So that's another really awesome, um, an awesome factor. Actually, we actually had one, and the timing was just perfect. Um, We had one fella who deeded us the house for the balance of the mortgage, he was transferred Oh, I think he went to Afghanistan and then he came back to 69 Palms in California and then he came back to Camp Lejeune and that was over a period of like three years and at the time that he was coming back to Camp Lejeune, my tenant was moving out, he bought his house back. Really? Which so cool. <laughs> yeah, he ended up buying the house back from us. How
0: about that? Which
3: was amazingly cool So that, and he was so appreciative because they loved the house. They didn't want to leave it when he left so he just thinks we walk on water. <laughs>
0: But now you you have you said it's really important to know what to do with different types of leads as they come in so absolutely what 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 are some of the things that you do with these leads? for instance, maybe give us a scenario for if a lead has equity, um, if it doesn't have any equity or if it's upside down, what do you do in those three different scenarios
3: okay um, if if a lead has it a lot of it depends on on Okay, we personally have been in the business a long time. I'm middle aged. I'm working toward retirement. We have a group um, of financial advisors and CPAs, and so we have kind of a group that sort of tells us what to do.
2: Okay.
3: All right. <laughs> and, my, and, and actually, my CPA has been an investor himself for 30 years. So he completely gets it also. So that's partly what happens. So out of every few houses, like if I have five houses, I retail three and keep two. You know, if that's how I'm feeling that month or that's how, you know, that's how our situation is. Or maybe I, you know, keep two, retail two and wholesale one. You know, it just sort of depends on, on what we're trying to accomplish. Okay. Um, so if a know, house
0: I, if a house has a lot of equity, you're either going to keep it or wholesale it.
3: If a house has a lot of equity, I'm either going to keep it or retail it. Okay. I we have rehab crews. I'm not afraid of rehab.
2: Okay. I
0: got the
3: best rehab crew in the world. We're in and out of houses in 30 days. Nice. Um, so I have no problem with with retailing houses at all. And my and my my houses that's a whole other a whole other seminar. But one of the things that we learned early on we buy low, we sell lower than other houses in that price range, and we tweak our houses. With, with just small items that make ours the most special in that price range. And um, the longest house that I've had stay on the market right now is 90 days, and the lowest was two weeks. <laughs> so I'm selling my houses anywhere between two weeks and 90 days.
0: Even in this bad economy? Absolutely. No
3: way. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Beautiful.
3: No problem they at sell. all. And house I'll tell you something else. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you something else about this market. There is a lot of cash out there, guys. Um, I would say out of 10 of my closings, four of them are leaving cash. Four of them are paying cash for them. Wow, really? It's amazing. Oh, there's so much cash out there right now, it's crazy.
0: I, I don't, some- know, and I
3: don't <laughs> know why that is. I mean, I'm not, you know, but I, I just know that to be true. And when I talk to the folks that do our title workforce, they're telling me the same thing.
1: What were you going to say, Alex? I have somebody that's putting a hundred thousand dollars down on the on this property they're buying from us that we sold recently.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, uh, we do I'm, owner financing I'm, and I'm getting awesome deposits.
1: Now are these um
0: are these foreign investors that are coming and paying cash or Americans?
3: No. They're Americans. Mine have all been Americans at this point.
1: Mine is an American couple that has uh a couple twenty year old kids and they're on their way to retirement, I think.
2: All right.
0: So Kathy, you that's mentioned a- you, you mentioned owner financing. You, you Are you buying Correct. homes owner financing or selling homes owner financing? Both. Okay. Um,
3: if one of the direct mail campaigns that I do focuses primarily on folks who own their properties free and clear without mortgages. And what that means to me is creative financing with those sellers. So so once again, that's kind of what I'm talking about. I, 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 give, I, I buy and sell a lot of properties. I use a lot of private lenders. So we, we pay cash for a lot of stuff. You know, if I'm going to, just get in there and buy something really awesome. I'm going to use private lending and pay cash. Um, we buy properties in our retirement fund as well. Um, that's where I, I keep my, I keep rentals in my retirement fund. That's how we grow our retirement fund. Yeah. Um, you know, because I can't push off that kind of profit, you know, anywhere else. So so we have a variety of, of different things going on. But, um, you know, whenever I can get an owner of a property to finance it for me, I'm definitely going to do that.
0: And you mean by that by... Taking over a loan subject to, or creating some kind of owner financing, where you're paying Correct. them. Absolutely. Now, maybe you could give a, a typical offer you give for an owner financing situation.
3: Depends on what I can get away with.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Typically. Oh, seriously.
3: Um, okay. So, f- for example, I mean, and I've done this. Um, say the deals Say the deal is is like. Um, oh, I don't know. Let's let's just take like fifty thousand as a number. Um, I'll give you $500 a month for a hundred months and I've done it.
2: Well,
0: principal Um, only payments, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: You know, or they'll say, okay, well, but what about my interest? You know, well, how much interest do you want? Well, I don't know, 5,000. Okay. So let's make it 55,000 instead of 50,000 and I'll pay you $500 a month until paid. So I, I mean, so we're doing crazy stuff too that, that works. So um, so then,
0: simple. I love it. I
3: know, and then and then we do, you know, with some folks that want interest, we're we paying, you know, three, five, six percent, seven percent interest on stuff it's, for private lending. That you know, for, for seller lending, that I don't have okay. to go out and find or do or anything.
0: So this is lending uh, money that you're borrowing from private lenders. The five no, seven percent.
3: No, 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 I'm, no. I'm talking about three, five, six percent seller held financing.
0: Okay, All right. so I
3: do that too. It just depends, you know, on how the deal comes together. We're just doing all kinds of things.
0: So you're, you're. I mean, the great thing about what you're doing is you're marketing as much as you can, and Absolutely. you know what to do with these leads, no matter what their scenario or situation is. Absolutely. That's awesome.
3: Um, if they're if they're upside down, this is a whole other seminar. <laughs> yeah. If they're if they're upside down or they're in pre foreclosure. I am currently working with a group of um, attorneys, uh, fraud investigators, auditors right now, who are looking over mortgages for violations in those mortgages. And I am getting huge uh, discounts for my students and for some of my sellers on their mortgages to begin with. So that's another way that we're getting away from that problem. I have a a seller of my own that um, we just got. Um, He had a $75,000 mortgage, and we got $27,000 forgiven off of that mortgage. Wow. And we had equity left over, and we split it with the seller just because.
0: Let me ask you something about those lines, because I know in Florida you get a lot of these homes where they are really, really upside down. One strategy I've heard of recently um, would be to get the property under a lease option, uh, at least a minimum of 10 years, maybe 15, 20-year lease option and um but then have it have it set up where the option price is whatever the principal loan balance is in 10 15 years down the road get it under an option contract and then wholesale that option contract to an end buyer either a tenant buyer or somebody else like that um is that something that you've looked at do you know much about that kind of strategy? I don't and that's
3: not that's not really something that that I've done very much of
0: okay I was just kind of interested by by that, and I've been hearing about it recently. Right. Um,
3: Here's here's another example. We had a house that was upside down. The gal had a mortgage balance of $200,000. We put her through this process that we're using with these attorneys and auditors um, they found violations in her mortgage. They forgave $90,000 of her mortgage. She ended up with a new mortgage of 110000 3% for 20 years, and then she deeded it to us. Wow. Yeah, so I, we're doing all kinds of creative stuff down here in Florida.
0: And you have attorneys, so it's legit. You have people helping you do that, so you're, you're not doing that kind of work yourself?
3: Oh gosh, no. No, this is a group of, of attorney. Uh, it, it's a group and they're in California and the group consists of attorneys, fraud investigators, auditors who go through these mortgages and find these violations and they have created relationships with some big name banking companies that I'm not going to mention on the, on the call. But, yeah. and, and basically they call that bank and they say, okay, how much do you want? Because they know they're nailed. Hmm. Seriously, and and they're just getting these awesome discounts for people. That's these, amazing. I mean, this is this is not loan mod. It's not forbearance. The the, the balance goes away forever.
0: Beautiful. <laughs> so that's. <laughs> I love it. I do too. All right, so I got a lot of questions about um, your direct mail. I mean, you you test obviously, right? So you know your numbers constantly. Yep. What um, what are some average? I know it's different by. By list, but what are your average response rates maybe on some of your favorite lists?
3: Okay, my average response rate, and what, what I've done on this, Joe, is I've, um, I've combined my, uh, my response rates and my students throughout the country so that we had kind of a national kind of, you know, yeah. um, you know response rate from these sequential mailings. First mailings, on the average, we get between 8 and 12%, and I see that in my own market and in my own mailings every day.
2: Nice.
3: Second mailings, about 13 to 16%. Third mailings, about 17% or so. Fourth and fifth mailings, 21% or more. The more you continue to gently touch these sellers with your message, the more of them are going to respond to you when their situation changes.
0: Wow.
3: Even if they've been, even if they've been contacted by somebody else in the interim. Because now they feel like they have a relationship with you, you've built credibility with them, you you know, and, and they they know that, you know, oh wow, it's those people again. Well, wow, this is cool.
0: You know what's funny about that is I've had uh, sellers I've sent out one postcard and and they I get a call from a seller, you keep on sending me these postcards. I finally decided to to take a look at it and read what you had to say and I'm interested now. Right. So I'm kinda riding on the backs of these other people. And <laughs> I've even had people Call me and say, yeah, you know, I saw your billboard up on the freeway about buying ugly houses and so yeah, I got a house I want to sell. That's that that's encouraging for new investors, I think, because it um, is. What the great thing about direct mail is, you are are your competition doesn't know what you're doing. Number one, right, and number two, your competition is spending thousands and thousands of dollars a month in direct mail. Um, They're sending mail sometimes to the same people, but you may get the call because sometimes sellers don't respond till the third or fourth letter, right? Well, you Correct. may be that third or fourth letter that they get, and they're going to call you,
3: which is powerful. And, and what we do is we send, and this is something that nobody else does either, they send all different letters. I don't do that. We send the same letter over and over again because, once again, a lot of the time we're, we're working with senior homeowners. We're working with different, kind, you know, with different kinds of homeowners. And when they see the same message, oh, it's those people again. Oh, that's cool. And they equate that same letter with us. Nice. And we get really great responses. Here's, here's a funny one. I mean, And sellers are, are just really unusual people. I had a seller call me, Oh, sixty days ago or so and she calls me on the phone and she goes, You're going to buy my house and I said, Okay, um that's awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about your situation? No, you're going to buy my house. <laughs> okay. Well, why are we going to buy your house then? Can you tell me that? You know, and yeah, I'm like, you know, do 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 you know at this point. Right. And she says, Because I do things in threes and I just got my third letter from you and we bought that house. Wow. (laughs) So just people's motivation is different. (laughs) I'd say. (laughs) But uh, that's just an example because they do, they respond to the repetitiveness. I had this other gentleman, um, we bought a house about seven months ago. We bought, he inherited it. He lives in Tennessee. When he inherited the property, it had a tenant in it. When the tenant moved out, he was done because he got his monthly income. And when the tenant moved out, he was done. And he said to me when he called, he goes, "Yeah, goes, I've been getting letters from you guys for about a year, and I've got it right here. I've got them right here in my desk drawer. I was just waiting for this tenant to move out, and now I'm ready." And we bought this house, amazing, that's worth eighty thousand dollars for forty thousand dollars, and all we did was carpet and paint. Amazing. And that was it. Well, yeah. talk,
0: talk, Kathy, talk about how you handle all of these leads that you got coming in. You get, you get a lot of calls coming in. Um, I don't. To...
3: I don't hardly hard get any calls coming in. Okay. Because one of the things that we do is, again, within the body of our letter, we kind of tell them how we want them to respond, and if they're going to fill out my response mechanism, they need to have a way to do that. So ninety percent of my responses come in by email, mail, and fax.
0: Ninety percent.
3: Ninety percent come I... in by email, snail mail, and fax.
0: I've never heard of that before.
3: Yeah um and part of it and then five percent by phone and five percent by website wow and you track (laughs) this constantly
0: well is that because you're not giving your phone number out in all the mail or or what
3: uh, nope i they have five different ways to contact me in every letter that leaves here email fax phone website email math anyway yeah and,
0: and alex have you ever heard of anybody doing that before
1: no, because everything I do comes in by phone. I don't, like, give them um, yeah. some type of, you know, thing to fill out and send back to me. I, I just see, try to the, go right through it on
3: the phone. See, the thing about that is, Alex, that for me, in my business, that's a waste of my valuable time. And and I don't send them to an answering service either because I don't like that scenario. Um, that's I'm just talking personal here. I don't like the answering service thing because when that person picks up the phone, they know it's not... One of the things that I'm all about is keeping everything very, very personal. It's you and me doing business. You're not dealing with this big, huge company. You're working with me. Yeah. And that's the way I've done my business for 13 years, and that's the way we do it every day. When you send someone to an answering service, what they hear in the background is 15 other people talking on the phone. hmm And I don't do it. I don't like it. Um... And when they respond to me by, you know, by email, by mail, by fax or by website, I have the information that I need in that response mechanism um, to get what I need in order to respond to that person. And one of the other things that I also do is I I will use lumpy mail and I mail out a flat pen. So now they have the pen that they need to fill it out if they're going to mail it back to me. Wow. So they have that right in front of them as well. So we do everything we can to lift all of the obstacles to make it as easy as possible for the sellers to get us all the information that we need.
0: Have you ever used um, personalized URLs, Kathy? You know what I'm talking about in, in your in your direct mail? No. Um, a personalized URL is if it's John Smith at 123 Main Street. Your mail would say, hey, John Smith, you want to buy your house at 123 Main Street? Uh, if you're no, interested, I- contact us at... Uh, kathybuyshouses.com slash john smith so his his name is in the url of the website he goes to
3: no because that would that for most of the sellers that i work with that would scare the bejeebies out of them how dare you build a website or how dare you do, do seriously um Oh, some of the, a lot. Okay, so probably thirty or forty percent of the sellers that I'm working with are elderly, hmm. and and they don't have a computer. They don't know how to use a computer. They're scared of the seriously. They're scared of the computer, and you just I wouldn't. I would never do that to one of my sellers.
1: I can understand that because you know we're not dealing with people that are twenty and thirty years old. They don't have any equity most of the time.
3: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're dealing with people that are fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty. You know that that came by these houses. And vacant land that came by these, the, that, these homes and this vacant land, you know, in ways that they, they may not have wanted or needed, you wow. know, either. So, so or, you know, or, or something that they, they really need to get rid of now, and they own it free and clear. Okay. Um, 75% of the properties I buy are owned free and clear.
0: Okay, wow.
3: It's because of the way that we hone and focus the direct mail campaigns that we do. It's rare that I work with somebody that's got a mortgage on a property. Okay. Seriously. Um I, again unless that's the mailing that I'm doing like you know there like the military transfers for example that would be one, you know, or or an expired listing. It's very possible that those folks, you know, have a mortgage. Um, but it, I, a lot of that has to do with the way that you hone in and you customize the direct mail campaign that you're doing.
0: Now how do you keep track of all your leads, Kathy? Are you putting them into a spreadsheet, a database?
3: I'm using a database. Okay. Which I can, which I also I can provide for for my customers and for my students. I actually have a student. Um, I don't know if you've heard. In, I don't know if I'm stepping on toes here, but I don't know if you've heard of Real Prospect software. Real,
1: Real Prospect.
3: Yeah, John software. Schroeder. Correct. He is my he he is a student of mine. And a funny story about John Schroeder. I'll tell you really quick. John started out as the person who was networking my computers in my office when he worked for a computer company. And every time he'd come over here, which was fairly often because I am just the lowest techie person, I don't know anything and and so I leaned on him really hard when we were putting all the computer systems and all that together. And so we started talking about real estate, and I sent some stuff home for him. And then I went to teach at a boot camp, and there he was. It was like, oh, my goodness, what are you doing here? You Because know, it was like in California, and he lives here in Florida. And one thing led to another, and John started doing some deals. And then I started wholesaling deals to John, and John started doing more deals. And then he and I got together to build this software system to do all this tracking. So that's how that started. And he's awesome, and he's done some amazing customization on and on, you know, down the line with that with that software program, and I still use it today.
0: And what's it called, Real Prospector?
3: Real Prospect Software, yeah.
0: Real Prospect Software. All right, cool.
3: And, and the students, my letters are built right into the software program. When they buy it through me and my product, my letters are built right into the program, so they can just drop them out real easy. Okay bring the lists in and then drop the letters right out.
0: If you don't mind, could you talk a little bit about um, the cost of the direct mail and maybe give students, because you get this question a lot, what kind of budget should I have for for marketing? Uh,
3: Okay, that's an awesome question and I love that question. Um, okay, so when you're first marketing, direct mail is not the only thing that you're going to do. You need to have between three and five marketing techniques in place at all time that completely include direct mail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I suggest... Um, when you 're very first starting out, you can spend as little as fifty dollars a month, and you absolutely will get leads coming in um, and If you use you know thirty or forty dollars a month of that money for direct mail, you will get leads coming in right now. And then what you're going to do is as you begin to profit from deals, you're going to take a percentage of the profit from each deal that you do and put it back into your marketing budget. Um, my marketing budget runs about $1,000 to $1,200 a month, and don't let that scare you because you don't need to start there at all. You can start with as little as $50 or $100 a month and, and work your way up to 11, you dollars know, $1,200 $1, a month. And the more direct mail campaigns you do, the cheaper it gets if you do it the way I train you, because you're doing repetitive mailings to the same lists over and over. So first of all, you only have to buy the lists once a year, um, depending on which lists that you buy. Some of them lists are quarterly, so you might you only buy that list quarterly or you buy it once a year. But because the, list, the, the mailings are repetitive and the response rate continues to grow the more you do the letters, you end up having to do fewer letters to get the same response rate. Does that make sense? oh yeah so it actually the longer you do it the cheaper it gets
0: so is there a um i mean if you already have the list okay you already have the names about how much does it work per letter printing the letter and sending it
3: okay if i'm if i'm doing it myself oh my goodness Never, never, never. <laughs> I'm uh-huh. just saying. Um, it's about 79 to 89 cents per letter if you have somebody else doing the work. And believe me, that's what you want to do.
0: So that's printing, postage, hand addressing the envelope, yes, sending it?
3: Correct. Mm-hmm. And, and what I do, now, if you have folks that are just starting out in the business, this is something else that I, I would suggest, and I've done this myself. We have, you know, there's a lot of people that are looking for work and looking for part-time work. So I've had stay-at-home moms do the letters for me. I've had high school and college students. I've gone to senior centers and had folks at senior centers do the letters for me. As long as the, the signature and the addressing is legible, um, I'm good. So that's another way that you can have folks do the mailings for you. Or you can use one of these companies that I suggest. If you use one of the companies, it's going to be about a buck and a quarter per letter.
0: Okay. Okay, if you're using,
3: go ahead. I'm sorry, what?
0: I'm sorry. If you're using, go ahead.
3: Okay, if you're using a person that you hire, it would be 79 to $0.89 per letter. If you use one of the companies that I work with, it would be about a buck and a quarter a letter. Um, At a buck and a quarter a letter, they do everything, though. They, They print the letters. They hand sign them for you. They have the envelopes there. They're hand addressing for you, so they're doing everything, so it's completely out of your hands. When I have someone local do the letters for me, I give them the letters. I give them the envelopes and say, here, go for it. Yeah. So that's the difference. It's a little bit cheaper if you do that one or two steps. No. So you have options. And, and, and I totally believe in having control and having options in your business. So you're in control of how much you're spending, who you're targeting, and how many pieces are going out at any specific time. Right. And, and that may be important, because if, if you're working part-time, if you're going on vacation for three weeks, if you're working a full-time job, all those, thing, all those variables you know, play into the equation depending on how many leads you want coming in at any particular time.
0: So have you tested the yellow letter, that yellow handwritten letter?
3: Okay. There is a distinct difference between my letter and the yellow letter. Right. The distinct difference is the yellow letter is a shotgun approach. That's what we call a shotgun approach. Hmm. It goes out to a whole bunch of people and you hope that someone in that group of folks has a the property they need to sell. The letter I am sending out is very targeted to a very specific seller with a very specific response mechanism that gets me the exact response I want. So my letters are already, my responses are already pre-screened when they come in here. So we take out a whole other step out of the equation. So that's the difference between those two. U- using, the, using the yellow letters, like putting out signage, handing out business cards, hanging flyers, yellow letter, all fall in that category. And you need to implement, you know, shotgun and targeted approach in your business. But that's the main difference between the two.
0: Could you do a targeted handwritten yellow letter? In other words, just put the same text you have on one of your letters but in a yellow handwritten red letter. Oh
3: absolutely. But my letters are are like almost a full page. That would be just really cumbersome. But you could. Mm.
0: So you really your letters are that long?
3: Yeah, it's a whole page. Have you ever almost all of my letters are a whole page?
0: Have you ever tested? And I'm sure you have, because I've always, I've always taught, and I mean, I've always I mean, in my own testing. But I, mean, I haven't tested as much as you have. That the simpler the letter, the better response that I get. Um, Hello. But, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I, some, I, I've always thought through my experience and what I've been taught that the simpler the letter, the more response you're going to get. This, um, I disagree. Wow. Okay.
3: I completely disagree.
0: But your, your letters still don't, do your letters look professional or do they look like they're coming from an individual homeowner, an investor?
3: Okay, they look sort of, they look kind of professional, but they have our personal name and address at the top, and the body of the letter, while it's typed, is personalized. Very simple language. The simpler the language is, the better response rate you're going to get. Um, you know, like for example, one of the letters, um, say, it, they're a little bit humorous, even, okay. um, you know, there's, there's a little humor in there. Um, we give you, you know, I, you have a variety of ways you can contact me. Feel free to email me, fax me, uh, mail me, smoke signals, whatever's comfortable for you. You know, so a little, just a little bit of humor in there. Um, and then the response mechanism. And they like that. And the reason that they like that is because they don't want to talk to me any more than I want to talk to them. Huh. They want to know initially what my response is going to be and whether I can work with them without them having to pick up a phone and do something that's real uncomfortable, which is to talk to, some, to someone who's a stranger to them about something that's real, real personal.
0: Right. Well, that's key. And so
3: they will, they will respond to these letters and respond. The response mechanism gives them an out. You know, here's all the information. Now let's see what she's going to do.
0: Now, with these leads, Kathy, that are coming in, are you typically going out to meet the sellers, or can you, are you doing most of these deals over the phone?
3: Most of my deals are done over the phone. I don't go out and do anything until I've got a deal done on the phone. And again, in most cases, they're sending me photographs of the properties as well. Nice. So I've already even, you know, kind of seen the property.
0: So you're still <laughs> talking to the sellers yourself. You're not outsourcing that.
3: I have a part-timer who I have trained to do things my way. But okay. yes either okay. myself my husband or my part-timer deals with the sellers
0: and so you still can get a property under contract without seeing the home or meeting the seller in person absolutely i love it
3: <laughs> I, I i the house i'm closing on the house i'm closing on tomorrow the house i'm closing on tomorrow i saw for the first time last week it was already under contract subject to inspection mm mm-hmm. mhm So the deal was made, the house was under contract, I've never met the seller. Gosh, since I've talked to him, he's been stationed in four different places, so I've never met him.
0: So I imagine you you spend some time in your teaching um, on how to talk to sellers, because that's really important too,
2: isn't
3: it? I actually have a separate product that comes with my marketing product that covers the entire pre-screening process for all 12 of the direct mail campaigns that I use.
0: Okay cuz i guess it's you know it's it's one thing to get the phone to ring or or actually to get your response mechanism triggered <laughs> getting i just can't believe you're still not getting that many phone calls only 5% mm-hmm. phone calls yep. but um i'm not calling you a liar that just blows me away that's like it's amazing
3: C- come spend some time with me i would love to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's amazing. So and but, my
3: student and my students love it too because i'm working with a lot of new investors in my world. Yeah. And, and they love it because the, the scariest thing in the world for them is to pick up a phone and talk to that seller. But if the seller has sent them, you know, a page about everything about their property and why they're selling and what they want and the condition the property is in and everything, they've already got most of what they already need. So they've kind of built a comfort level by the time they actually pick up the phone and talk to the seller. They already know most of it. Nice. And so, it's yeah, it, it, the, the students love it as much as I do because it simplifies everything. And the sellers love it because it simplifies everything.
0: Well, I I think um, this is one of the best interviews we've ever done, Alex. Um, simply because understanding the importance well, it comes from
1: experience. Oh and yeah. Anytime you're dealing with experience, you know that's <laughs> we're not talking somebody who's you know just talking about the game and not even playing it. You know.
3: Right. And and that's something that that. That's <laughs> a real bone of contention with me um, I am when, when people work with me I'm a real deal I do this business every single day you know for me uh, real estate is primary and teaching is secondary mm-hmm. my business is real estate I love teaching, believe me. There's nothing I love more than sharing with a person and and seeing somebody get started in a successful business, and that's one of my favorite things. But I'm speaking completely from experience every single day, and when I upgrade my product on a constant basis, it's from new things that I am learning, tweaking, testing every day, every day.
0: Well, and you have students all over the country here testing it as well.
3: Correct. All over the country and all across Canada and Australia and New
0: Zealand. You should try testing this personalized URL thing. Um,
3: I, will. I will. I will take one of the direct mail campaigns and give
1: that <laughs> a I, I don't know if she's a fan of that. Well,
0: <laughs> I, I do know people that uh, you would know too. I'm sure it depends on who you're sending it to. But uh, I've talked to people who have used it and said that they will never go back um, to doing any postcard or direct mail without a personalized URL on it because To motivated, of rates.
1: To motivated sellers, yeah. Now the thing is, who's doing motivated seller PURLs?
0: Oh, I'll tell you offline. I'd rather. Not
1: uh-huh. <laughs> but the, the, I don't know. I mean, maybe if you sent it to like executors that you knew were young or something like that, or some way to have some type of demographic of who you're sending it to? Well, I. You know? Well, you
3: know what I'm thinking, Alex? Maybe, like, one of the direct mail campaigns that I do is a zip code mailer, so that's a more generalized mailing. That would be one I'd be willing to try that. Yeah. Where we pick a, a specific zip code range, and we pick specific zip code ranges for specific reasons. Um, for example, we pick luxury zip code uh, ranges because... Luxury property mean, means bigger paychecks, of course. Um, we actually did um, expired listings might be another one that mm-hmm. that would work well for. And that's another direct mail campaign that we do. Well, that you could work.
1: You could definitely do that for like um, maybe an address instead of a name. You could do the personalized URL for the address, I guess. That
3: would make me more comfortable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, this guy C- coming, I from know...
3: seller, coming from the seller's point of view, that would make me more comfortable.
1: That's a, yeah.
0: That's a good point. Well, you could test both. It's it's all about testing. I mean, you have
3: absolutely, to, and that's something we do every day. We person, test and we track everything the, that we
0: do. The person I'm talking about in particular, um, he he spends tens of thousands of dollars a month on direct mail, um, in different industries, different products and services, but also real estate investing.
1: Does his last name start with a K? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I'll tell you. Oh, later. Okay.
1: All right. I know who it is.
0: <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, that's something that I'm going to be looking at and testing myself, and I think that um, who knows? I mean, it may not work. You you you, you won't know unless you try it.
3: You right. It. Absolutely. It's just that a lot of the homeowners that that I deal with are are just sort of more senior. Yeah. And 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 so forth. So, um, but I would definitely like I said there are twelve different direct mail campaigns that we do, so we target specific kinds of sellers. So, so just thinking about that, the zip code mailer would be one and the expired listings would be another.
0: You know, um, Kathy, you said earlier that uh, you spend $1,000, 1200 a month on postcards. And then you said, but don't let that postcards. intimidate you. But I was surprised that that's all you're spending.
3: Again, my budget is based on the fact that I've been doing this for 13 years. Yeah. And we've done so many mailers that my response rate is way up there. So because we've been doing it so long, my cost has dropped. Hmm. Because my response rates are way up there, we're getting we're getting leads from from letters that we sent three years ago, which is another thing. Here's here's another point, just for your folks. If you're doing direct mail campaigns, it is okay to use a PO box, especially if you plan on moving. Um, in, the, in 13 years, we've moved three times because I keep finding nicer houses I want to be in. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm done now, um, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: But we've always used a P.O. box for responses because we are getting responses from letters that we've mailed three, four, and five years ago still. Wow. And so that's something else. You want to build, co- you want to build continuity in, the addre- in, in not only your mailings, but in the addresses that you're having your, and your email address. You know, some people change their email addresses like they change their shorts. Do you have any idea how many deals they're losing?
0: Well, I would be if losing none. If they've,
3: used, if they've used that email address as one of the contacts um, you know, in their direct mail campaigns, they could be losing tons and tons of deals.
0: Yeah. I, I would be losing no leads because I never put my email I never knew you could put your email. I always
3: put my email address in every um in every um direct mail piece that leaves and my email address has been the same for fifteen years. There's a letter. I have I have other I have other email addresses that I use, but the email address that I use that goes in my letters has been the same for fifteen years.
1: Well, on a letter you have plenty of room to do that, not on a postcard. Oh, sure.
3: I don't use postcards. The only time I use postcards is to build my buyer's list and test a new, mail, and, and test a new list. If I have a vendor, oh, that, here's, here's something else, guys, too. Um, when, I, when I deal with students throughout the country, I have created relationships with several different list brokers that I have long-term relationships where we've test and tracked their lists. So we provide all of the list brokers to our students as well. So all that's done for them, too. Nice. They don't have to wonder about where their lists are coming from. No matter which direct mail campaign they want to do and no matter where they live in the country, I have the list broker for them. So we've done all that, too.
0: Kathy, what if... We have one more question for you. Um, Let's say you were dropped into part of the country you've never lived in before, you didn't know anybody, and uh, it's a big metropolitan city, and you had to go make money. Uh, What would you start doing... And then how would you get there?
3: Okay, the first thing so do I have any money to work with?
0: Uh yeah, I'll give you a thousand bucks.
3: Okay, cool. <laughs> I just wanted to know. Okay, so the first thing that I would do is um I would go down to the property appraiser's office and get a list and start doing some mailings immediately. That's just the best.
0: A list of what? And
3: then the other thing that you do, no matter where you live, and we do this on a continuous basis, the one thing you also want to do is you want signage on your vehicle, and you want to talk to every single person that you run into. So you want some business cards, too. And you're going to talk to every single person you meet, no matter where they are. Um, we even, we even, we walked into title companies and we talked to title companies. We walked into mortgage brokers and we talked to mortgage brokers because mortgage brokers deal with private lenders and private lenders, um, have deals that they have to foreclose on also. Do you know how many deals that I've bought from my own private lenders that from money that they've lent to other people that, that defaulted on the notes?
2: Wow.
3: So walk into title companies, walk into attorney's offices, um, you know, walk into mortgage companies, mortgage brokers, and get your, ma- get your lips flapping. And every person, if you're in the grocery store, anywhere you are, and we always do, we still do that, um, just by accident. I, we even have t-shirts, right? The We Buy Houses t-shirts. Good Lord, I can't get through Home Depot, and I certainly can't get through Walmart. If, really? I'm hurry, if I'm in a hurry, if I'm in a hurry to get through Walmart cuz I got something else to do, I turn that shirt inside out. <laughs> cuz seriously, we get stopped like 5 6 times with oh. a t-shirt in Walmart.
0: You mentioned going to the property appraiser's office. What yes. do you what kind of list are you pulling from them?
3: Okay, um, I am pulling the quit claim deed and the out-of-state owner list immediately.
2: Okay. Okay.
3: And it's on the same on the same list. And lists from property appraiser's office are very cheap. They're like 24 25 bucks. Okay. So that list is incredibly cheap to get your hands on.
0: All right, so you pull the list, you um, start mailing letters to that list.
3: Immediately, yep.
0: And um, you start networking, flapping your lips, getting in touch with other people, you know, business cards, T-shirts, car magnets, yep. spreading the word.
3: Yep. Um, if there's a local real estate club, get your butt there in a, hur- in a hurry. In a hurry! Um, because at, at most of the real estate club meetings there are people who are wholesaling properties there are people who are buying wholesale properties there are private lenders there um, you know so your your local real estate club meeting is another really good way for you to network and, oh. and start meeting people um, I would run a li- I would run an ad on Craigslist right away and start building that buyers list for your
0: oh can yeah. be? yep I'm sorry you got cut off say that again
3: the other thing I would do is, is immediately run an ad on Craigslist okay. and start um, advertising for those wholesale buyers that you're going to use to um, liquidate properties quickly. So the first thing I would start doing, and I would drive around and find some really vacant, ugly houses, find the owners of those properties, and put together deals.
0: So you'd be trying to do some wholesaling?
3: Absolutely. Right, if you're only giving me 1000 bucks, I need more money than that. So I'm going okay. to be wholesaling. <laughs>
0: And so how are you be building your buyer's list? Can you talk about that real briefly? Okay.
3: I actually, when we started out in the business, there were two different ways that I built my buyer's list. One, well, actually three different ways. One was to run ads on Craigslist, which is wonderful. It's a great way to find wholesale buyers. I also read ads in the newspaper, um, finding wholesale buyers, and I went to my local real estate club, and we wholesaled a ton of deals through our local real estate club initially. Okay. So that would be three really quick ways to find some good wholesale buyers. Excellent. And then um, something else that you would do as well is you would be driving around and you would see all these signs that say, you know, i got to sell my house today, you know, those signs that are out there or, you know, handyman, investor special. Yeah. Call those people because they're investors too and they're looking for deals. Good. So that's another resource for, for, wholesale property, for buying wholesale properties and selling properties, you know, wholesale also.
0: So if you had $1,000, bucks, you would send out about 1,000 letters. Yep. Um, how many calls do you think you'd get from that 1,000 letters?
3: <laughs> Not many because I'm still going to create it the way I normally do and have them respond to me by email, mail, and fax. Right. And website. Okay. Well, no, because I don't have a website yet. $1,000 isn't enough money for that yet. So So you would, um,
0: you would probably get uh, 100, 150 calls with 1,000 letters?
3: Yeah, about that. About, for for the first letter, if I really don't know what I'm doing yet, I, I'd say probably ninety or hundred.
0: Okay, and then um, you would just probably. Um, well, I guess if you were, I'm trying to get at what somebody who's new and just getting started, kind of an idea of what they would what you would want them to do, just getting started in a, in a new city. Um. So these they would be I guess they'd be implementing these response mechanisms, right?
3: That okay, if I'm just I'm a brand new investor and I'm getting started in a new city, I would implement my direct mail campaigns. I would get those letters going out. In the meantime, I would be contacting attorneys. I would be contacting mortgage brokers. I would be going to my local real estate club because I want to get my lending in place as well. Um, I would be driving around looking at vacant properties because we want to be finding the owners of those vacant properties so we can wholesale some deals as well very quickly. Um, We can use our local real estate club to wholesale some deals very quickly. And that's probably the way I would just initially kind of get started.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, very good. Alex, do you have any more questions for Kathy?
1: No, we got a lot of great info from Kathy today. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it very much. It's amazing. I'm blown away. Well, I
3: thank you for having me on the call. This was a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) Kathy, how can people get a hold of you?
3: Okay. They can um, go to my website, which is www.marketingmagiclady.com. They can email me at, my personal email is kpadler, K-P-A-D-D-L-E-R at att.net. Or they can call our office directly at 941-792-5390. And if they go to the website, um, you, the, you, folks, you definitely want to um, get set up on my monthly newsletter. And when they do, I've got several mini products that they get uh, right away. Okay. So they're absolutely free.
0: What was I your phone number free. again there, Kev?
3: 941-792-5390.
0: 941-792-5390. And your email is yes. k p a d d l e r at att.net?
3: Yep, just like kayak paddler. Okay. That's my personal
0: marketingmagiclady.com correct awesome well Kathy I'm looking forward to um, um, I'm actually going to go to your website right now and take a look at your course Uh, because I think uh, my list would really enjoy uh, learning more about you and and, um, what you have to offer I I think the marketing is just so important and um, I appreciate being able to Talk and network with people like you and like Alex, who understand the importance of marketing and get it.
3: Right, exactly. Awesome. And I and I agree. And marketing is everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, you know, in the real estate business, marketing is everything.
0: Yeah. All right, awesome. Well, Kathy, so. very good. i sure appreciate it. everybody. Go to marketingmagiclady.com dot com. Check out our website. We don't get any. Uh, you know, you don't get any commissions by referring her to you. I mean, she, her, it was out of her generosity in coming here on this call, and I think she shared some just fantastic information. And I think you owe Absolutely. It. You should go check out her website, get her newsletter, um, because yeah. understanding marketing is what this business is all about. And if you're good at that and you hook up with people who are good at that, um, you're going to do really, really well. So, cool.
3: Well, I appreciate you having me on the call, I'm like I love to let people know what I know. And, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're the real deal. We do this every single day. So um, awesome. thank you so much for having me on the call.
1: All right. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Alex. Right. Excellent.
3: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: We'll see you guys. RealestateInvestingMastery.com. Check it out.